The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, March 24th. Today it is our 4x5 episode, which I think is actually going to be a 5x5 episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We'll be looking ahead a bit to the NBA trade deadline at some of the names most likely to be dealt, some of the potential fallout if those names are dealt. Plus we'll analyze some other recent fantasy hoops related happenings from around the NBA. That is all coming up and more in just a second. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. And I'm joined, first of all, First of five in the batting order. No, not a batting order. I've been doing that too much. The starting five, the point guard, can't, Ryan Canales. You can't Knaus. mix your sports here. <laughs> Ryan Canales, the point guard today in our... Oh, God. There we sorry. Go. All right. It's okay. Better. Anyways, Ryan. Oh, I got to start our timer. You are sitting here as we speak covering news on NBC Sports Edge. And uh, I think we were going to talk a little bit of uh, potential trade rumors and the potential fallout of said trade. So which do you want to have first? Uh, yeah, so I just wrote uh, some player news about Evan Fournier, and apparently he has given no indication that he plans to re-sign with the Magic. No huge surprise there, uh, which leaves Orlando in the position of they're going nowhere this season. They might as well trade him for whatever they can get. Uh, the Celtics and Knicks have both been linked to him, and it feels inevitable that he gets dealt. Uh, if he doesn't, I would say probably the worst case for his fantasy value since he would most likely be a shutdown candidate interesting so basically bad things are are impending for evan fournier either way because if he goes to another team he's not gonna have the same role he had in orlando and if he stays in orlando he's going to get shut down so 
not like you're going to drop Fournier or anything like that. And you probably can't really fool someone by unloading him in a fancy trade. So let's look at, is there anyone, let's say Evan Fournier is gone. Is there anyone from that magic roster that you would say, oh, here's a no-brainer waiver pickup or not so much? I mean, we've seen Fournier miss a bunch of time with back spasms already this year. Right. And the results in his absence have been less uh, less than an exciting for fantasy purposes. It would really depend who comes back in a trade, because if you look at Orlando's roster, there's, you know, unless Terrence Ross is healthy and the Magic, for some reason, decide to play him heavy minutes down the stretch, he would obviously benefit. But guys like Dwayne Bacon, you know, Gary Clark, if Aaron Gordon is traded, he's also a very popular name in trade rumors. Chuma Okiki would probably be the guy that I'd be most intrigued to add. Um, whether he would be a must-add player in 12-team you know, standard fantasy leagues, I'm not positive. But I, I would be eager to add him over any of the other names that I just mentioned. That's a good call. I'm just looking at Chuma Okiki's per 36-minute numbers, and they're not inspired from a scoring standpoint. However, I will say... The one path you can see is, you know, 1.3 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.43s per 36 minutes for him, plus some boards and assists, nearly six boards and three dimes per 36 minutes. So there's a little bit of a blueprint of a fantasy-friendly game there, uh, especially in a deeper league, I think. Yeah, and he'd be playing a much much different, bigger role. So it's really just a, a speculative betting on his upside sort of situation. Uh, but, I mean, as you said, Fournier, there's really, it's all dead ends everywhere you look. Because even if he is traded to one of those aforementioned teams, the, the role's not going to be there. He's averaging a career-high 19.1 points currently. That type of usage is just, you know, 26% usage this season. That's not going to be there for him anywhere else. All right, so let's talk about, I think the other situation we're going to talk about in the couple minutes we have left would be the Victor Oladipo potential trade situation out of Houston. So what are you looking at there? Uh, the Heat seem like his primary suitor. He's been uh, rumored to have interest in eventually landing in Miami regardless, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. So that might diminish Miami's interest in giving up a load of assets to acquire him if they could get him, you know, just by paying him as a free agent in the offseason. But, you know, where else is he going to go? The, the Knicks have been mentioned as another potential suitor for him. Uh, if he stays in Houston, forget it. He's he's absolutely being shut down. But given his injury history with the ruptured quad and his you know, spotty play since he came back, let's say he's yet to attain that all-star level that we saw pre-injury. It's not clear how much teams are willing to give for him. The market seems pretty weak. So Oladipo either gets traded or is presumably shut down. Houston, that's going to be good news for Kevin Porter Jr., who just as soon as it looked like he was taking off, has been out with a quad injury, etc. And we kind of had to tap the brakes on the Kevin Porter Jr. Express a little bit. Do you think that I mean, are you similarly optimistic about uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. or KJ Martin, whichever we're calling him now, um, having, you know, a path to late season relevance in Houston as another uh, guy who is an exciting recent waiver wire pickup, but has seen his minutes fluctuate? Uh, that was a, a big question. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, that was I, a crazy question. Uh, sorry, too much <laughs> caffeine. No, it's good. Um, yes, uh, KJ Martin, he needs to come out and clarify his, his naming conventions. But uh, yeah, he, he was fantastic to begin March. He's really cooled off the past couple of games. I'm holding on to him through the deadline for the for the reason you just mentioned. Jay Sean Tate is also someone who ought to benefit if Oladipo is traded away. And we saw Sterling Brown go for 20 and 10 in a spot start without Oladipo uh, on Monday. So he's another name to keep in mind in deeper leagues. He's probably available in every single league currently. 
And um, I think, yep, that's our timer, Ryan. Um, yes, I don't remember what I was going to say. I got I got distracted there by my incredibly long question, which used up about a minute of your time. So sorry about that. <laughs> KJ Martin Jr., Kenyon Martin Jr., KJ Martin, whatever we're calling him, did have seven points, eight boards of steal, and two blocks on Monday. So hopefully the beginning of more good things for him. Ryan, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day. You can now go back to frantically writing uh, blurbs about trade rumors. That's exactly what I'll do. Thanks, man. <laughs> okay. All right. See ya. Right now, we welcome in Steve Alexander in a Trey Young jersey, which I purchased for him. Steve Alexander, stone facing me, just staring right at me as if he can't even hear me. Are you are you frozen? Oh, there he is. He smiled. Steve, what's going on? Uh, you tell me, man. Uh, we've got we've got four minutes and forty nine seconds to talk hoops. So, a lot of exciting big men out there right now. Seems like there's always a lot of exciting big men out there. Nick Claxton comes to mind. Moses Brown, clearly the Time Lord, Robert Williams, uh, guys like that that are just waiting to explode. And it seems like we just wait and wait and wait. Like we're we're like donkeys with a carrot dangling in front of our face, just running on a wheel. I did not. Did not expect a donkey analogy to be made on the show today. Well, I noticed, Steve, because I am in your. I was your co-manager on the on the Roto World Now NBC Sports Edge live draft show, and I still am your co-manager technically, although I don't do anything. But I do get notified when you make moves, and I saw that you picked up Nick Claxton, I believe, in that league. Yeah, and. We're kind of rolling in that league, right, Matt? Until last week. You tell me. We're in second place, I believe. Okay. And we got a little, we had a little problem, a little problem last week. But you know, when you've got, I don't know who I have on that team, but I know SGA missing time crushed me everywhere. Had LeBron missing time. Like, oh, it's, you know, injury stuff. It's fantasy basketball. So what else? What else? What's Well, well let, let's talk, let's talk about, I want to talk about Claxton for one more second before we move oh, on. Sorry. So sorry. on... Sunday, he had 16 points, three rebounds, a steal, and three blocks in 26 minutes, a season high. And that puts him at 23, 23, and 26 minutes the last three games. The last five games, he's just under 10 points, around four and a half boards, 0.8 steals, 2.0 blocks. So is this happening? Is this thing happening right before our eyes, Steve? I feel like it is. Jared kind of said the same thing. He's like, hey, Claxton, this Claxton blow-up thing is happening right now. And I kind of feel like it is also, and I was surprised at how many of my leagues he's still sitting out there available in. DeAndre Jordan is no spring chicken, Matt. And it's time. It's time to let Claxton go and let him play. So I I feel pretty good about the move. Just 16% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Now I think you really have to hope that the Nets don't do something on Thursday like bring in a veteran big guy to platoon with Jordan and send Claxton back to a third string thing. That would be a bummer. That would be a bummer. Totally possible that it could happen too. Just like Al Horford in the Oklahoma City Thunder, he could get traded. We could all celebrate like uh, like I celebrated when the Hawks drafted Luka Doncic. Uh, I had like 32 seconds, sort of like this podcast time slot. I had about 32 seconds of being psyched. And then the Woj bomb dropped that he had been traded. That's what's going to happen if Al Horford goes and then we find out that some talented big man's coming back well moses brown who i think you mentioned has in three of his last four games has 16 14 and 17 rebounds he has a five block game in there he has a three block game in there and the aforementioned al horford 
I don't know if it matters if he gets traded at this point. He's sat out so many games for OKC. I think if he stays there, we're just going to see more of the same down the stretch. Yeah, I just don't see how they don't trade. I, I don't think they'd be resting him this much if they weren't going to trade him. Then again, maybe maybe this is all about getting even more draft picks than they already have. But you're right. Even If Horford stays there, I think uh, Moses' is, his minutes are almost guaranteed for the second, you know, the rest of the way. Well, so if you recently were trying to decide between these two intriguing big guys on waivers, Moses Brown, who is now 40% rostered, and Nick Claxton, who's 16% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, do you do you go with those percentages, Steve? Like, would you put Moses Brown ahead of Claxton, or is the sort of unknown and intrigue of Claxton rank higher for you? Well, I think that the real answer to your question is Claxton's going to be available and Brown's not in most leagues. So you're going to end up with Claxton. I think if they're both sitting there, I'm looking at both of them right now. Uh, I'm a little more intrigued by Moses. I think it's close for me. It's close. It, I, I'm not not going to lie. For some reason, I'm leaning Claxton, but I, I don't know why. So were you like, when you, when you got that notification that I picked up, Nick Claxton, were you fired up? I was pumped. You should have seen the scene in my living room when I got that notification. <laughs> <laughs> Streamers came down. It was it was a whole thing. Steve, we're out of time. You heard the alarm, right? Of course I did. I hear that thing 17 times a day. <laughs> All right. Well, go on to your next thing because it's time okay. to go and have people in the green room. Bye-bye. Okay. See ya. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance. Jewelry luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Just a reminder that if you're struggling, who to, if you are struggling to figure out who to add off of waivers, or just to keep up with your fantasy squads in general, you can get access to our league sync tool, our DFS tools, and betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the code Stu10 for 10% off any subscription. As we welcome in Raphael Johnson, it is time for the week in rookie talk. And a devastating turn of events, Raph, we cannot sit here and talk about what LaMelo Ball has been doing lately. So I think we just have to take a moment to acknowledge just what a rotten development that is. Yeah, it's it's really, it really stinks because uh, he, he's been a really, a really good change agent for that franchise. In addition to the fantasy value, he's been a top 50 player. So, you know, the people who have him rostered, they're losing out on a lot of production there. And now you, you kind of, I think Charlotte's answer is pretty simple, obviously, you know, sliding Devontae Graham back into the starting lineup. But, you know, you hate to kind of look at the rookie of the year race because it kind of feels like it's too soon, you know. But I think that's a valid question that people are going to have because I think Patrick Ewing had the lowest percentage of games played for a rookie of the year winner. Now is at like 60%. So 
if Lamelo doesn't play again, he'll be able, be able to blow that. And so you have to ask, are his numbers enough to keep that award, or can someone like a Tyrese Halliburton or, or Anthony Edwards kind of slide into that top spot? Well, I think that segues perfectly to Anthony Edwards, who we were going to talk about for two Oh, I'm going to leave. You're just hosting. I, I don't think we need a host here. You just do the segues and just alley-oop yourself. Uh, so his last 10 games, I noticed he's sitting around 24.5 points, 5.5 boards, 1.6 steals, 2.9 threes. That is all excellent news. But the old stuff we worry about with Anthony Edwards is still kind of there, around 42% from the field, 70 from the line, and three turnovers per game over this last 10-game stretch. So what's the biggest I guess if we're talking about the good outweighing the bad with Anthony Edwards, where are you at this point with him in terms of fantasy? I think the good outweighs the bad, but only slightly. The the, the turnovers and the free throw percentage I'm not too concerned about because he's been better than those numbers for the whole season. Mm -hmm. What I am concerned about is the field goal percentage. I think for the year, he's shooting like 39%. And then you you got to factor in that Malik Beasley is going to be back in two games. D'Angelo Russell is probably going to be back pretty soon as well. The quality of the number of shots that he's going to get are going to decrease, and the shot quality hasn't always been there for him. So I think that's that's the biggest concern for me in terms of possible negatives for the remainder of the season. Yeah, because right now he's offsetting some of those percentage woes with insane volume. But you're kind of, as you're kind of saying, that volume is going to take a big hit soon. And, and the only other thing I think of with Edwards right now is it's a little bit like Russell Westbrook at times where he's killed us all at times in field goal, free throws, and turnovers all at once. It's like, can we get rid of one of those? You know what I mean? <laughs> if he j- if yeah. just – and, you know, 42% I think I can live with from the field. But then when you have 70 from the line and three turnovers, I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough combo platter. Yeah, and I think as opposed to some other rookies, he's in a position where – they can't really tank because one, the team's already bad, and two, you've got a new head coach. So you're going to want to have him working with all those pieces that you think could possibly be a part of the franchise's future. So it's not like he's going to be. They're going to like give Malik Beasley a bunch of DNP CDs, you know. So I, I think it's, it's going to be a, a difficult situation for him. He'll still have value, of course, but that field goal percentage is, is a bit of a concern. All right. Let's let's hit to Detroit. We talked a little bit about uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. already, so let's talk about a couple of Pistons rookies. Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart have both been making some noise lately, had some notable fantasy-relevant stat lines. What have been your impressions of each of these guys? They're both really good fits for that rebuild in terms of the types of players that they're bringing in, uh, tougher, more physical players. Uh, in terms of Stewart, I think the, the thing that's jumped out to me recently has been the minute, minute split. Uh, Mason Plumlee's been playing really good all year, but they're about even in terms of minutes played per game over the last two weeks. I think it's a 25-23 split, and they don't share the court together, obviously. So Stewart getting more minutes has, has really helped him in terms of the ability to put up value, volume numbers. And he's a, he's a rather efficient player, too. So that's been good. Sadiq Bey coming out of Villanova, he can do a little bit of everything for them. And I think he plays plays well off of Jeremy Grant. So both of those rookies, I think Troy Weaver did a good job in selecting them up in Detroit. And those are two guys that, if you're in dynasty leagues, I really think if you can get them now, I would put them on my roster now, not just for this season, but moving forward as well. Well, and Stuart, we were just talking about Nick Claxton and Moses Brown before you got on here. And I think I'd rather pick up Stuart than either of those guys. Stuart... 
15% rostered in Yahoo leagues. His last five games sitting around 10.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, nearly a steal per game, 1.4 blocks, and 0.83 is Raph. He's starting to show off his three-point range, and it, it's an effortless-looking jump shot. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, as we were talking about earlier in terms of team situations, that, that's another case why I'd take Stewart over Claxton because um, Thursday's trade deadline's coming up, and Brooklyn's all in on winning a championship this year. Um, when it comes to a guy like Claxton, as much upside as he possesses, he, he's not really a guy that I, don't, I think they're going to count on in terms of winning a championship. So Stewart would be my guy there. Yeah, we were just talking about the possibility that Brooklyn brings in a big uh, veteran big man to ruin the uh, the Nick Claxton <laughs> experience just as it's getting going. Uh, Raph, thanks for taking the time. As always, man, we will see you right back here next week. All right, thank you. Okay, right now we're joined by Corey Parson. We're going to be taking a look at... Uh, some of the players most likely to be moved ahead of the trade deadline, the odds of what team they're going to be ending up on. First of all, Corey, last time you were here, you are talking about your downtrodden fantasy hoops team. Have things taken a turn for the better since then? No, actually, it's actually taken a turn for the worse. Uh, Kyrie Irving <laughs> decided to take uh, personal <laughs> three personal days as the Brooklyn Nets head on this West Coast trip, so I got to deal with that. So struggling on the way of why I got to get in here and get to round ball stew a little bit earlier. Um, but I hear you guys talking about Nicholas Claxton. I think that's a good idea. And some of the other guys you mentioned, the timeless uh, Robert Williams, all those dudes like that on the waiver wire. But um, I don't know if that's going to be a, a game changer to pull me out of the gutter into into the playoffs. All right. Well, hopefully Claxton can help turn this thing around for you. But let's talk about a couple guys who might get moved. And first, Aaron Gordon, obviously, has been a ton of trade rumors. What what stands out to you in terms of the odds? What teams he could potentially end up with? I mean, when, I, when you look at the odds, you know, you got the Golden State Warriors at plus 225, followed by the Trailblazers at plus 280, and the Celtics also at plus 290, and then the Houston Rockets at plus 300. If I was to lay a wage on this, it would be the Rockets at plus 300 because they're kind of going to need, like, a face as they try to rebuild. But what I don't understand is why is Orlando trying to move him? Like, when you look at Orlando, they can get healthy next year. They can have Gordon Fournier, Jonathan Isaac, and – um. And on Markel Fultz. So it yeah. seems like the, the making of a team is there. So I'm not really sure what Orlando is trying to do um, right now. But I think the Houston Rockets are a team has been associated with them. And he could be a guy that, you know, helps them put together their rebuild because they got a lot of work to do out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move to Kyle Lowry, who is is also, I mean, it almost seems like a foregone conclusion that he's going to move at this point. What stands out to you about the Lowry-related trade and team odds? Uh, it's fun. It's interesting to see the Miami Heat is the favorite right now at minus 175, followed by the 76 is at plus 250, then the Clippers at plus 325. I would go with the Clippers at 325, even though I know he would like to get back to Philadelphia, obviously Kyle Lowry from Philly to your city. But the Clippers need a point guard. Like they need somebody to bring that thing together and mesh it. Pat Beverly is not that guy. So I think for the Clippers to really see the that, that lineup get to where they want it, want it to be, I think a player like Kyle Lowry can come in there and do that championship experience, and he's the guy that can run the team. Right now, the Clippers don't have nobody that can run the team. The Celtics also need somebody that can run the team, uh, Kimba being injured and, you know, minutes and all of that thing. I'm not going to say that Kimba's washed up, but he cannot run that team. That Boston team is struggling right now, and I think point guard is the issue. Well, Lowry moving period, just as a side note, would be terrible news for anyone who has him on a fantasy squad. I do not want to see him going to any of these teams because his role cannot get any better than it is in Toronto. That is uh, true. They just run him into the ground minutes-wise there. Uh, okay, the third name we are going to hit is one Lonzo Ball, who we've been talking about You know, possibly in recent days. The Hawks are interested. So what, what does the board look like for you with Lonzo Ball? 
Yeah, the Lonzo Ball one is also very interesting because I, I think Boston can be a player in this. Uh, the Knicks at 175 is also interesting. He's the kind of guy that Tibbs would like a guy that can come in there and play some defense and run the team. But I don't want him stealing too many minutes from quickly. I'm looking at the, the Clippers in this one, two at plus 300 and the Hawks at plus 200. Uh, like I said, the Clippers are a team that needs somebody that can run the team. I think Lonzo Ball can help them with that and the way that he plays defense. But I would say the Atlanta Hawks, I think that they can use an, an, another piece too on that team. You know, you shake an eye, Nate McMillan takes over that job, and the Hawks are, what I think, believe fifth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. So it looks like they're heading in the right direction. So I think a piece like Lonzo could really help them solidify themselves as the Eastern Conference team that's not in the play-in tournament. Yeah, they were heading in the right direction until they blew a 22-point lead on that was Monday crazy. night. Against- I, I, I woke up, and I was like, why is that money not in my account? And then when I checked the score, it was like, because they lost. And then they lost by nine. I'm like, What? I, I am a Hawks fan. I didn't bet, but I felt the same way. Why is that money not in my account? Why is that win not, not in my account? But Lonzo Ball would be a, a phenomenal real-life fit next to Trey Young. As I a, agree. You know, good defender, secondary ball handler, good shooter. It would it'd actually be a perfect pairing. Quickly, Corey, we got less than one minute left. MVP odds. How does that race look to you now with the recent injury to LeBron? And right now, Jokic is the favorite at minus 110. My thing was this. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are in the middle of the Western Conference. If I'm going to take a player from a team in the middle of the Western Conference, I grab Damian Lillard at plus 1,600. I think the player that everybody's overlooking is, is James Harden. James Harden is the best player on the Brooklyn Nets, hands down. They've been going to hold it against him because of how he started the season this year in Houston. But James Harden is the MVP of this season, in my opinion. That would be a, a wild turn of events. And, yeah, it's kind of like you said. I mean – Kyrie Irving taking personal days, Kevin Durant injured, Harden is like steadying that team, they're winning a lot of games. All right, Corey, I think you said before you recorded you can't be kept on a timer, but I'm sorry, that that's the rules of this particular episode. I appreciate <laughs> hey, you coming worry, by, though. I'm glad to, be a part of the, uh, glad to be a part of the process, so tell everybody hey, good that to have you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good to have you on, and I appreciate you wearing a Hawks hat. Thank that's you, a, I, appreciate nice I appreciate you having me, brother. Jared Johnson is here. How are you? I am here. I am good. How are you, Matt? I'm I'm well, thank you. So, Jared, before we hopped on here, you the first thing you said was, "Have you already talked about Nick Claxton?" The answer <laughs> is the answer is yes, but I want to hear your perspective on it because Steve Alexander already said your name. He said Jared said this thing is ha- happening right before our eyes right now. So, so what are your thoughts? I saw it a little bit. We saw it a little bit on Sunday. So, on Sunday, Nick Claxton season high 26 minutes. Uh, It was the third game in a row that he closed. Uh, It was also during Blake Griffin's debut. Blake Griffin played marginal minutes. And DeAndre Jordan, who started, had just 18 minutes, and he did not close the game. Uh, In those season-high 26 minutes, I'm sure that you've said this, but it was a great line. 16 points, three three boards, a steal. Uh, He tied his career high with three swats. Over the past five games, he's been flirting with top 90 value, uh, 9.6 points, 4.4 boards, 1.2 assists, two swats on 60% shooting. So my question to you, we have seen DeAndre Jordan lose his job once this season already to Jared Allen. They shipped Jared Allen out of town to, to give him his job back. It looks like he's on the verge of losing his starting job for the second time this year. Do you think that that's something that could happen? Yeah, it, it definitely seems like something that can happen. But I, as I've said before, I think my I'm not even worried about the starting situation at this point. I think the it seems like Claxton 
is earning Steve Nash's trust and his teammates' trust to the point where he's going to be fantasy relevant unless Brooklyn brings in a big guy at the deadline. That's really the only thing I'm worried about at this point. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause with Nick Claxton, uh, I I would personally be a a little bit surprised if they brought in another big man at the deadline. Um, They already brought in Blake for free. And they just signed Elise Johnson to a 10-day deal. So they, I guess they are auditioning for that spot. But what gives me a little bit more concern with Nick Claxton is when Kevin Durant comes back and Kevin Durant does get minutes at center, uh, is Claxton able to get those minutes he needs to be an impactful player? And that's why I do think a little bit that he does need to secure that starting spot. I also think, I mean, just as like a reality check, as much as we want this Nick Claxton thing to happen and continue to happen, is a title contender like the Nets really going to hand over for the long term the the majority of center minutes to a 21-year-old who's played 26 NBA games? I, I just feel like they're in a prime situation to kind of audition him right now and see what they've got. And I can't imagine they wouldn't be looking at the buyout market and the trade market to bring in another established guy and take those minutes away from him. Uh, I see that, but who are the established guys? It's Boogie Cousins, who's for free and doesn't play defense. Andre Drummond, a lot of teams seem to be waiting for a buyout. I'm not sure how that really makes them better. Hassan Whiteside, I guess. I guess. LaMarcus Aldridge? I don't know. It's all speculation. When I see him play, I just think that he's clearly the most talented center on that team. And I get it. He's young, but he's a lot better than DJ. And and they did hand it. How old is Jared Allen? He he got the gig. I mean, I know that uh, Claxton's younger, but when I just see him on the floor, I see a guy who's obviously the best center on the team at the moment. So Well, and I think I would rather go with the... Jared Allen, 22, by the way. I would I would rather go with the optimistic thing of he is their most talented center and you pick him up in a fantasy league and you don't worry about the hypotheticals till they come to pass i think that's a wise decision and it is one i have chosen to do all right we got like we got like a minute left jared what what uh any other names you want to hit before get out of here uh are you stashing anyone ahead of the deadline i i I actually know that you're stashing someone Nikhil alexander walker i think that's a that's true that's true i did pick him up wherever i could find him Lonzo Ball's randomly missing these final two games heading into the trade deadline. I didn't see that injury. It kind of, and, and Lonzo Ball's name has come up in the most trade rumors. He's been involved in trade rumors since the bubble. So I think that that's a wise one. I wish I would have beat you to the waiver wire and in the league where I saw you snatch him up. And he's been playing fairly well lately. So guys... If there is one trade deadline stash, and it's not something that we usually do or argue for, but I do think that Nikhil might be that guy this year. Yeah, and like at last check, he was like 5% rostered in Yahoo leagues. It's a really low number last I checked. So yeah, a guy who probably can get more, you know, he's been getting blocks recently when he gets played, threes, assists, points. I just think could be a really fun uh, guy if Lonzo gets dealt seems like he would be the guy who gets it. And then in a deeper league, maybe Kyra Lewis Jr. as well would be the guy to run and pick up. Yes, he's a guy that I'm also tracking. All right, Jared, we're out of time. I heard the I heard the alarm. Someone just dropped Darius Baisley in our last Roto World League. I'm not uh, gonna reasonable, I would say. <laughs> All right. I didn't think I'd be saying that at this point of the season. I'm not going to pick up Darius Baisley if he gets dropped, but here we are. Uh, Jared, thank you as always, man. We will uh, see you back here next week. Cool. Catch you later. 
Okay, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We'll be back here on Friday to react to whatever did or didn't happen at the NBA trade deadline. So check back with us then. Thanks to Ryan, Steve, Raf, Corey, and Jared. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will talk to you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.